This week's parasha is Parashas Bahar. In Parakhafe Pasuk Yud Dalid, the Torah says, Al Tainu Ishes Achiv. A person should not aggrieve his brother. A person should not cause any stress, aggravation, hurt, pain to another Jew. And the Chinuch in Mitzvah Shimlam and Ches describes in great detail this halacha. And he writes that it's Asar Lahainais Bidvarim. You're not allowed to cause pain with words. Words that will hurt another person, that will sting another person. And a person will not be able to escape from them. A person can't uh, find any solace from a person, another person hurting him. And then he brings some shalom. He says, if you see a Baal Tshuva, you should not say to him, Zachar Masacha Rishaynim, remember the way you used to be. Yeah, now you're very from, but I remember the days when, you know, you were much different. Why do you have to say that to the person? The person is doing well now. Why do you have to pull him down? But yet, very often you find that people can't resist finding the, uh, the soft underbelly of a person and, and, and attacking he brings another muscle. If you see somebody that's sick, you shouldn't say to him words of uh, of musar and say, "Ah, I know why you're sick. I know why you. You know, it's probably because you did this or you did that, or maybe you were a sinner, and that's what caused you to be punished by God." These are words that you might think them, but you don't have to say them, and you can't say them because it's an right to say them. This is what the Torah wants of us. The Torah expects us to be elevated people, people that think about what we say, and to make sure that the words that we are entrusted with are only words that cause other people to feel good about themselves, um, to be uplifted, to be made happy, but never the opposite. And when a person does the opposite, you might think that it's all in, in good jest and that it's just being social and it's being part of a chevra and that, uh, you know, this is what we do here. We, we, we shtach and we bully and we, and we it, but we, we think it's, uh, it's really funny or it's uh, very cool. The Torah thinks otherwise. The Torah says that there's an iser dairaisa of leisainu ishesachtev. You're not allowed to cause any aggravation to another person. So the Uraim comes along and adds another layer to this halacha. Until now we were learning the halacha and the way the Chinuch uh, seems to understand it is that it's Ainas Devarim. You're not allowed to cause pain with words. You're not allowed to bully. You're not allowed to shtach. You're not allowed to insult, hurt, wound, remind. All the things that we do wrong with with our speech, we're not supposed to do that. Comes the Urayim and adds another facet to this halacha and says, and not only are you allowed, you're not allowed to speak things, but you're even not allowed to, and I'll quote him, 
יש עינו בעין רע, שמראה פנים רועז. You're not allowed to look at your friend in a bad way. You're not allowed to give your friend a dirty look. Give him a, work, a, a look like, you know, you're pathetic. Roll your eyes at him. Give him, um, you know, a, a frown. Make him feel bad, not even by uttering a word. There's an art to saying things without even speaking. Sometimes we do that in a positive way, but very often we do that in a negative way. Very often we, just merely by the way we look at somebody with a, with, with a certain eye or with a certain nose or with a certain frown or with, a, you know, with, with just a very quick turn of the head, we're able to really hurt other people even that way. That's also an Isser of Leisayin who says the Urayim. Which is a Chiddush Nifla. That even by looking at a friend in a certain way, that's also going to be of hurting another person. Look how the Torah expects so much from us. We don't know these things unless we learn these things. But you know what, what goes as normal in the world, a Jew is supposed to govern every single, not only the words that we speak, but even the way that we give facial expressions to another person, also we have to make sure to perfect them and to filter them and to make sure that the way we are presenting to other people is only positive. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was famous for this. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was a mafunuk. He was so pedantic when it came to these types of issues. That's why he was the father of the Muslim movement, because this is what the Muslim movement is all about. It's really trying to perfect oneself. Not just your own personal demeanor by yourself, making sure that you're not a Balgaiva, you're not a Kaisan, you're not but even the way that you deal with other people. He saw a person once during Elul and the person, a yeshiva buffer, and he had a really like serious face on. And, you know, that's from, that, that's what a from person does, right? Elul is supposed to be very introspective, very contemplative, very thinking about the realities of life, the, the looming emadin, and so this boy was walking by. He wasn't doing the opposite. He wasn't being jovial. He wasn't being, uh, you know, lightheaded, which we would understand is wrong during Elul. They're not supposed to make sure. But he was, he was looking exactly the way you, a person that's entering a Yemadin should be expected to look. And we saw Salanter, of all people, he calls over the boy and he says, What's, What are you doing? He says, what do you mean, what am I doing? He says, it's Elul, and, uh, you know, I'm walking to Yeshiva. He says, yeah, but why is there that look on your face? And what do you mean? He says, I heard your Moshe Shmuzin. I take what you say very seriously. It's a time to be very solemn. These are days of awe. And, uh, and I'm acting that way. He says, yeah, but your face is a Rishus HaRabin. And you're causing other people to be nifshal in a Rishus HaRabin. If you go and dig on Main Street and Barbara Shusarabim and people fall in, you're responsible for that. And if you have a look on your face that's serious and that's, that makes other people scared and nervous and depressed, 
He says, you're causing all the people around you to have a miserable day, and you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. Your face is a Rosh You have to always be happy. You have to always be smiling at people. You have to always make sure that the people around you are, are feeling comfortable in your presence. You might be in a bad mood. We're not saying that people are always perfect and life is always, well, very often life is very difficult and challenging, but that still does not absolve you from your responsibilities to make other people feel good about themselves. In all circumstances, regardless of how stressful it is for you, you do not have permission to make other people stressed out. And there are great men and great women that follow the path of Shammai. Shammai writes in, in Pirkei Avis, in Perak Aleph, Mishnah Tesvav, Havimekabel eskol ha'adam b'sever panam yafes. A person should always greet another man, another person, b'sever panam yafes, with a pleasant, smiling, happy face, a nice face. When somebody comes to your door, regardless of who it is, you always should greet that person nicely. You might not like that person. It might have been the worst time that the person came to your house. Very often, uh, an ani comes to collect, and it's, it's generally during supper time or, or, or times that it's highly inconvenient. If you're going to open the door, you have to open the door and give the person a nice smile. Don't give a, a, scra- a, a, you know, like a scowl and say, you know, what, what are you doing here? It's supper time, and how can you disturb me? And, you know, what do you want? Don't open the door. You don't have to open the door. But if you open the door, you have to open it with a certain pleasant face. You have to make that person feel that they're important, they're relevant, they're human beings, and that you are being master of them. And the most important way of being master of them is by giving them a smile. Much more than any money could make them happy, it's if you go and and give them a feeling that they're relevant, that they're important, that they're human. Because Aniyim very often are subject to a lot of a lot of dizziness, unfortunately. You know, I, I go sometimes to uh, some local uh, shuls in the neighborhood, and people come in, and, and they're collectors, and, you know, literally people in the shul, they scream at them. You know, don't you know you can't collect during davening? I'm saying shemane, I'm saying shemane, and, and, you know, this guy, he's a human being. And he feels like so low, like, you know, what gave that person Rishos to do that? Is that normal? You don't want to give, don't give. Fine, you have the right to give tzedakah to whom you want. But you don't have the right to make that person feel aggravated about his situation, worse than he already is. And Shammai teaches us that you should be makabal every person, the same upon every person. Not just your buddies, not just the people you like. But even the people that you don't like or people that you don't know or the people that you don't feel um, should be around you, you have to treat them nicely also. Have mekabalas kala adam b'sever panam yafes. And if Chaim Friedlander, in a safer sifsei Chaim, Chaim Friedlander was a Talmud Mubakov of Desler. 
and he put out a, a classic set of psalms called Tzipsei Chayim. And he explains the Pshat in the Mishnah, like I just said, having the Kabel, doesn't say having the Kabel Chavercha V'Seber Panim Yochiz. You know, your roommates, your friends, your Chavrusa, they, it goes without saying that you should have the Kabel, then V'Seber Panim Yochiz. But as Kala Ado means, even the people that are not your friends, every per- person, he brings a rush. There's a, a sefer that the rush wrote called the Arches Chaim La Rush. I don't know how many people are familiar with that sefer. The rush himself wrote a Musa sefer called Arches Chaim. And in fact, it's very short pieces, like bullets of Musa, like boom, boom, boom. Like, and, and short pieces, and there's a minig in many yeshivas during Elul or Aser Tzimei that they say it out loud. I remember in a certain yeshiva that I was in, they would say it out loud. There's a certain messiah, even for a niggin, that they use to say it. And it's just for, like, they, they read, like, a, cer- a certain number of these musr points. And there's, uh, and, and during Elul, during Aser Tzimei you say these things. And this is, it's, it's really very, very, every line, there are perushim on it. Yaakov Kamenetsky has a perush on these things of, of uh, Yachas Chaim. So one of the things that the Yachas Chaim Arash writes, Al yu panecha z'umais, your face should never be like bad, neged oivrem mishavim, not your friends, the people that you walk by in the street, your face should never have like a bad look on it. The kibel oisam, Whoever it is on the street, you should always look at with a, with a nice face. If you're in a supermarket and the cashier is ringing you up, give her a smile. Give him a smile. What do you, you know, you might not like the prices that they're ringing up and, you know, you might not think, like that you have to stand online. The service, maybe, so what? You give them a nice smile. You say, thank you for, for helping me. You come into the building, and there's a security guard there in the morning. You don't just like pass by them like they don't exist. You say hello. You say good morning. You say thank you for protecting the building. It's, these are small things that we do, but it makes such a powerful ration. I always tell my kids, when you go into a, into a shul, you go into a store, you go into a post office, and there are people behind you, there are people behind you, it might not be you know, right behind you, it might be a couple of feet away, 10 feet, 20 feet away, you wait and you hold the door for that person. You don't let the door, how many times, you know, you walk, there's a little kid or even a big kid or, a, or an adult, and you're like, mamish like a foot away, and they just let the door slam right in your face. If you hold the door open, it makes such an impression. If I see a little kid who like, knows to keep a door open for me, I'm like, wow, this kid is like going to be the Galadar someday. Because it's so rare. It's so, people aren't trained that way. People just think, it's all about me. I have to get into this door, so I get into the door. And they let it slam right behind you, in front of you. And, and, and it's very, very, you know, it's really stressful to see that in a little kid, in an adult, and you know, I'm not saying the person 90 years old, they have to do that for you, but you know, if a person's a regular, healthy you know, person, why don't you hold the door open for somebody else? Are you so inconsiderate? 
when you're walking on the street, you say good morning to people, whether or not it's, you know, it's Jews, whether it's non-Jews. What, it doesn't cost you anything. You say good Shabbos to people as, you, as they pass by you on the street. You don't know them. They're not wearing the yarmulke you like. They're not wearing a yarmulke at all. So what? You say good Shabbos. You say hello. You say goodbye. You say have a good morning. Beautiful weather today. There's nothing. It's so cheap. It's free. But it's all the difference between being a mensch and being not a mensch. And this is what we have to do always. You know, if we're sitting in a restaurant and uh, you have to be nice to the waiter. The waiter's not your slave. Waiters are not people that, you know, are from a different planet that just, you know, they're, they're human beings. They also, they're, they're doing this to make a parnasa. They're not doing this because they, you know, are in debtor's prison or something or they're in, you know, your indentured servant. And stop complaining and, you know, the, it's too, the service is terrible here and it's too... It's too cold, it's too hot, it's too this, it's too that. Be grateful. You're, you're in a restaurant, Hashem, you're being served. Be very nice to the waiter and waiter. You don't like the service, so you give a little bit less of a tip. But you have to be nice. You know, there's a, a joke about a, a waiter that was serving a, uh, you know, a, in a restaurant like that. There was a whole table full of Jewish women who were eating together. And um, so he goes over to the table and he says, Ladies, is anything okay? Anyway, but that's uh, that, that's the way that people are. You know, everything is a problem. Everything is, you know, and and you know, you have to make sure to be to be happy, to be appreciative, and to smile. And when you smile, the people feel good about themselves that you're around. They want to be around you. But if you don't smile, they feel like all of their insecurities come out, and it makes things even worse. He brings Reb Chaim Friedlander from his Rebbe, from Reb Dessler, on this Mishnah. He says, notice who says this. You know, when you're going now through Pirkei Avis during this time of year, if you have the opportunity to, to learn every, every week another parak of Pirkei Avis, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so if you notice, there's a pattern that a lot of the Mishnayas speak about a certain Tano, and then it says, he used to say this. And a lot of the Mepharshim understand, what does it mean? Obviously, if you're quoting somebody, he's the one that says it. But sometimes, says the Mepharshim, when it says, what it means is, it's not that he used to say it, but it was, his very essence used to pronounce this. Meaning it wasn't just like I'm giving ethics, but I don't really follow it myself. I'm, this is what I'm living. This is my life. This is my, my very purpose in, in living is this memory. That's why certain Tanam said certain things. It wasn't accidental that one Tana you know, used to espouse a certain philosophy and another Tana used to tell us about a certain Midah. Because it was, they chose this. They could have said anything they want. Obviously, we can all write a how-to book on anything that we want, but the Tanoim said what they lived. It was, who are you aimer? He used to say it with his essence. He didn't preach it. A lot of people are good preachers, they're good talkers, but they don't really, you know, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. But then there are people that they not, they, they're not just preachers, they're living what they're preaching. And a lot of the Mepharshim, if you see on Pirkei Avis, 
what they do is they try to figure out the Tanoim that said what they said, find the Kairis throughout Shas, throughout Medrashim, that really speak to this and how this embodies who he was. So Reb Dessler says that it's interesting that Shammai of all people should be the one to espouse this rule because, you know, Shammai, we have Demaris, that he wasn't exactly the, the easiest person. He was, we know that Shammai was Midas Adin. Hillel is Rachamin. Shammai is Din. That's why now, before Mashiach comes, we follow always, or mostly Hillel, because we need the Rachamin. We need, we're living in Golos. So it's hard times. We, uh, we can't deal with Din. But when Mashiach comes, it's going to be a new world order. We're going to follow Shammai because then we could already, hopefully, meet the expectations of Shammai. But Shammai was the one that said, how the Metabolist called all the Messiah upon Yafis. And her Dessler says, you know why? Because you might think to say that this whole concept about being nice, having a smile on your face, this is chasidus. This is something nice. This is from Kai. This isn't halacha. Halacha means, you know, when is a seisman kriyashma, when is a seisman you know, how, you know, how big does a, a lulav have to be? How small does it? These are things, you know, the size, the shirim of how much I have to eat for a matzah. That's, that's, that's thin. That's where Shammai comes in. But have Makabalas called and say, that's like psychobabble. That's like modern, you know, modern psychology and, you know, being nice and, and smiling at people and they'll smile back at you. That's all, you know, that's not din. That's not halacha. You're not going to find that in a Mishnabura. That's something that's, you know, that's on the, on the uh, you know, that's, that would be found in the, uh, in the, um, I don't know, the, the neo-Hasidic part of the, of the Jewish bookstore. Not something that, you know, we have to, this is, this is something for like, you know, the flaky people that like walk around with a smile on their face, this is good for them. But that's not din. Zuckter of Dessler, it's not true. Rav Dessler says that Shammai is telling us have a metabolist called him to say upon him Yafis because Shammai is din. He's telling you, this isn't from Kite. This isn't Midas Hasidus. This isn't Rachamim. It's not being, okay, I'll be extra nice to you. I'll be merciful to you. I'll be sympathetic to you. But I'm like, I don't need to do this. You do need to do this. This is Din. Just like you have to sit in a sukkah, you have to fast on, uh, on Yom Kippur, you have to eat matzahs, and you gotta, you know, you got to keep Shabbos. You have to be metabolist for all the mistakes upon the This is Din. This is Shammai. Why is it din? Why is it something that the other person absolutely deserves? It's not a, it's not a, you know, you could if you want to, you don't have to if you don't want to. You have to, because the other person absolutely deserves a smile. You know why? Because like Rabbi Sal Salanti used to say, if you don't give him a smile, if you don't treat him nicely, if you don't give him the face that he deserves, you're going to put him into a bad mood. You're going to start a ripple effect. You're going to make him upset. You're going to make the people that he comes into contact with upset. Before you know it, the whole world is going to be upset because of you. So you basically unleash a storm of misery if you don't give a person a smile. A smile is not something extra credit. A smile is mitzada ikra din. You have to give, uh, give a person a smile. I'll never forget when I learned in Kaltar, I don't know if I ever saw him without a smile. It's come out impossible, and this is not my aura, I read it somewhere, that 
you never will find a picture of Rav Shlomo Zalman Arabach without a smile on his face, unless he was holding a Sefer Torah. There's a few pictures of him holding a Sefer Torah. The seriousness of that was so intense that he, he found it hard in that case to smile. Although there is a picture of him smiling with a Sefer Torah. But I've seen pictures of him without, without a smile on his face, but he was holding a Sefer Torah. But in all other circumstances, always a smile glued to his face. There was never a time that he was not smiling. Always, that was the default position. For us, sometimes to smile, it's like it actually, you have to like make an effort to smile. By him, it was an effort to frown. His face was so permanently glued with a smile that it took effort to not smile. Because that's, that's din, that's shaman. You have to do this. You owe it to people. If you're a functional member of society, you owe it to people to give them something that's free, but they deserve, and that's a smile. A good morning, and how are you? You're looking good today. Nice to see you. That's what you owe people, because if you don't, you're literally wrecking their day. They, they feel like, he just passed right by me. Did you see that? He passed right by me, didn't say good morning. What am I, worthless? And when they feel worthless, when people feel worthless, they make other people feel worthless. They go home, they, tell, they make their wives feel worthless, they make their kids feel worthless. But if you make them feel like a mentor, you build up a person, you say, good morning, how are you? You don't understand what you did for that person. You get, you're, you're giving him his life. You're giving him the feeling that I belong, I, I have a function here. I've said over this Altaf and Slavotka many times, and I won't say it by Rikos, but I'll tell you quickly the Vart. There's a Pasuk that says in the Brachas, the Birchas Yaakov, Luven Shinayim Echalov, and the Gemara Darshans, whatever the Tutus Shemikra is, the Pasuk says, Taiv Hamalvin Shinayim Lechaveirai, Yaisem Mimashkei Echalov. It's better somebody who shows the white of his teeth to his friend, he smiles, more than giving him milk. More than giving milk to somebody, it's better to smile at the person. And the altar, in his brilliance, once gave a, a Muxer Shmuz, and he sort of breathed life into this Chazal. And he said, what does this Chazal mean? And he sort of sketched out a scene to his Talmidim of two people standing by the doorway of a shul after davening is over. Everyone wakes up early, they go to davening, they're, they're, they're exhausted, they have to go to the davening shir, and then they went to, now they're getting on a train. And, and so there are two people, as people are leaving the shul after the early minyan, there are two people standing there. Reuven is standing there with a big, we'll just modernize the thing, a big vat of a, uh, you know, of, of hot cocoa or hot coffee and doling it out and giving each person as on their way out a nice kishmaka, you know, way to start the day with some caffeine, some milk, some, you know, really something good that he, and he worked very hard to get it. It cost him money. He had to go and, uh, and schlep it and buy it and, and bring it to the shul. He did a lot. There's another guy standing at the entrance of shul, the other side, 
He didn't buy any milk. He didn't buy any coffee. He didn't give, give anything for free. But he stands there with a big smile on his face and tells everybody as they're leaving Shul, good morning, have a wonderful day. Who's more valuable? Reuven or Shimon? You say, well, Reuven, you know, hey, look how much he spends, like a hundred bucks every morning and he has to brew the coffee. He has to say. Chazal says that Shimon is doing the greater service to every person walking out of the shul. It's much more valuable. When you give a human being a smile, that nutritional smile is far more vital for me to take on my day than even a, a hot cup of coffee, even a, a, a fresh glass of milk. That also has a lot of nutritional value. But without a smile, it's sort of worthless. If I feel like, eh, then all the coffee in the world is not going to make me happy. But if another person tells me a nice word, gives me a smile, makes me feel like a mensch, I have changed the trajectory of his day, of his life. That's so much more valuable. There was a student that was in the, in the shear, in the shmuz of this shmuz that I just told you in a nutshell, of the Alkman Slavatka, and he wasn't a big Muslimic at all. He wasn't sold on the Muslim movement. He heard what I just told you from the altar, and it changed the course of his life. In this one lecture, this one schmooze, he was never the same. His name was Yitzhak Isaac Sher, and he became one of the greatest Talmudim of Slavatka. He became the son-in-law of the altar. The altar married his daughter to him, and he took over. Once the altar moved to Israel to Hebron, he took over. He became the Mashkiach of, of Slabatka. That's how great a Vart this was that I told you. What made the Vart so great? Because it's so practical. It's so true. We know it's true. If people look at us and they're not nice, they we like, what did I do wrong? Why, why is everyone bragging at me? Why is everybody upset? But when you give a person a smile, a nice word, it's, it's unbelievable. It's Ganeiden. You've mamish changed the person that feels good. And one of the other Talmidim of Slabotka, his name was Avram Grzensky, also one of the great, uh, the great leaders of Slabotka, he worked, when he, when he heard schmoozing like this from the altar, he decided, or maybe the altar told him, that this is his Avaida. He's got to work on this Midah. He's a little lacking in Sefer Panam Yachos. The Alta used to give different projects for different Talmidim to work on. He felt that one, one Talmud had, uh, had passed, he would make a, a workshop for that Talmud and, and perfect him from not having passed. If one had uh, Gaiva, he would work on Anibas. If one was, uh, was lazy, he would do something for that Talmud. Rabbi Ram Grzynski was asked, he was tasked by the altar to work on this meet of Seder Panam And he says, for two years, like you think, you know, sitting through a schmooze, okay, we got it. Two whole years, Rabbi Brzezinski worked on this Mida until he was able to, to maybe perfect it or, or start trying to perfect it. Two whole years. And Rabbi Brzezinski, if you fast forward to the end of his life, he was killed in the, you know, in, in he, was, he was part of those 
Yidin that were killed on Kiddush Hashem in, in the Kovnis Labatka area. He was in hiding, and they caught him. And uh, anyway, it was it was a very very difficult time, and he was ultimately killed by the Nazis. But those months that he was in hiding together with other people, and he was obviously very stressed. You can imagine being in hiding, probably very little with any food, not knowing maybe where your family is, whatever the circumstances of his life were. It definitely was not easy for, for Rabram Krasinski to, to get through those days, but he always had this Seber Panamyapas. Throughout those trying times, he had perfected that Mida so well that he gave chizik to all the people around him, even to the last day. He was always, he had that look of, of comfort, and he was able to share that, that, that pleasantness with all the people around him. And people said that that's really what got them through that experience. That they were able to feel his, his countenance, his shining face that was able to illuminate their lives. There's actually a picture that I found. Um, you know, Hashem, there's a, I'm putting out a, a safer this summer called uh, Great Jewish Photographs. And it has a hundred, like, very hush of a pictures. On one, one side is the picture, and the other side of the spread is the musr that you take from the picture. And I found a, a very rare photograph. I wasn't even sure really whether to put it in. But it was, it's on the U.S. Holocaust uh, Memorial Museum website. And it, 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 it doesn't look like a Ravon Grzynski. He was, Ravon Grzynski, if you saw him, you know, in his prime, he had a beautiful Hadris Pani. He looked so, like, dignified, kashub, like with a beautiful beard and like just like this was already like at the during, in, in the ghetto and the Nazis either made him shave his beard or he was in hiding, he didn't want to know who he was, he shaved himself, it's not clear in any event, he was a clean he, it was a Ram you see that it, it, it's him but he didn't have a beard he had a mustache and he was sitting you know, at a, it seemed like a, a table of some sort with some um, dishes on it. And he still looked very good, but he didn't look like, you know, he didn't look like Rosh Hashiva. He looked like a, a regular person with like a... And you see, this was like the hardest time of his life, and you see on his face such serenity. It was the hardest period of his life. Everything that he had was taken away from him, but he had that look of of tranquility, because that's what he worked on. You, you know, following Musr aren't people that are doing it just superficially. When they, when they work on Musr, they really, it goes into their, their very DNA is changed. And, and, and they, they, they actually, like I said before, they don't just talk about it, they, 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 they do it. You know, this is true in science as well. One of my daughters had a, uh, a science fair project to work on, and it was, um, I mean, actually, I worked on it, and uh, she watched me, but um, it was called uh, Smile to Smile. That was what I, I, she named it. And um, it was basically, it was really cool, actually. Anyway, whatever. But, but the, 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 the site Dover is that scientifically, when you smile at another person, something kicks in chemically, like some endorphins or something happens, and it makes almost like a, uh, like a, instinctively a person smiles back at you. When you give a person a smile, a person smiles back. 
That's science. It's not Musser, it's science. Din. That's the way it is, that's the reality. When you give a smile to somebody else, you're literally physically changing them. You're physically changing I can't make a person smile, naturally. There's no way if I, if there's a guy that's like, you know, like a grumpy guy, I can't physically, what am I gonna go, you know, go over to him and put a smile on his face, like, you know, with my fingers? But if I just simply smile myself scientifically, you know, 98% of the time, the person will smile back at me. Isn't that amazing? You know why? Because, because that's the way it is. There's a din that Seder Panam Yafes will do what it's supposed to do. You don't have the right to not give Seder Panam Yafes because when you don't give Seder Panam Yafes, you're going to kill his day. When you do give Seder Panam Yafes, you will uplift his day. And that's why Shammai was the one that said it because it's din. It's, it's primitius, that's the way it is. It's not from tight, it's not being a tzadikah, it's not being a pious Jew, it's being a regular, upstanding human being. Sometimes, you know, you give a, a shmuz and it's only for yeshiva bakram. Sometimes you give a shmuz, it, it, you know, you could bring the whole world into the shmuz because it applies to everybody. Not just for Jews, it's for Gaim, just smile. If you smile, you literally change the world. The Alishur Revolvi writes something amazing. He, he proves the power of a smile also a little bit scientifically. He says like this. He says about the power of giving a smile, or the way he puts it is being a radiating sun in which the recipient can bask. He says like this. Even a little infant is perceptive enough to distinguish between a smile and a frown. If he is looked at with an angry face, he immediately bursts into tears. Anyone have a baby in the room? Can we try that? Do you have a baby? No, I thought one from the beginning. Oh, okay. If you see him, try to get him. It'll be interesting. Oh, I can see that. Okay. If he is looked at with an angry face, he immediately bursts into tears. If he is looked at with a facial expression of love, his face lights up and he smiles back. Who knows, he writes, which contributes to the development of the child more, the food given to the child or the radiant smile showered upon him? Just as a plant cannot grow without sunshine, so does a child who is not provided with the sunshine of a smile will wilt emotionally and cannot be healthy. Hear that? A child that's not smiled at will wilt emotionally. Amazing. A little child, we're not talking about a teenager, we're talking about a little kid. And you think, you know, the kid's a little baby, uh, you know, he's uh, an infant, or he's a toddler, or he's a... Yeah, but like, all right, you know, I come home in a bad mood, like, I don't have to give him a smile. I gotta give the, you know, my boss a smile. I gotta give my wife a smile. I gotta, but my kid, I gotta give a smile. He says, if you don't give a kid a smile, he will wilt emotionally. Children that have all types of emotional issues. Not here. Okay. Kids that have a, uh, that, kids that do not get enough smiles as a child, Throughout life, they're forever deficient. They're always feeling like lacking. They always feel that, you know, they were deprived of the very essence of life. There's nothing more important 
in raising a, a healthy child, more than the food you give, more than the clothes that you buy for the kid, more than the toys, if you don't give a smile, the kid is doomed. If you give a lot of love, a lot of smiles, then even if you don't give the kid everything that everyone else is giving their kids, it's fine. Because that child had that dose of, of love that every child needs, that every person needs. And everyone's really a child. You know, ch childhood doesn't stop at, a, at bar mitzvah. Child, we're all children. We all need the same thing that a little baby. Just with a baby, it's very easy to see. You give a bad face, they're upset. You give a happy face, we're just all trained. So when people don't give us a smile, we're not going to break down and cry, but maybe inside we are. There's a great story that uh, Rabbi Crone has in one of his books that in Argentina there was a, uh, a schlachthaus, uh, like a slaughterhouse, kosher slaughterhouse, and there was uh, an, the owner of the slaughterhouse, name was Izzy, and there was a very successful operation, and he was a workaholic, this Izzy, and he was always like, uh, you know, he was busy day and night in this, in this, in this slaughterhouse, and it was a sprawling plant. And there was one building where they slaughtered, another building they cleaned up, they, that they uh, cut up the animal and they then you know, get it ready for shipping. And there was a refrigerator area. And the guard, the security guard that was standing at the front gate and letting you know, only the appropriate people into the building, and there were many, there were 200 people that worked there. There was you know, corporate guys, and there was uh, the shirt the, them, the and then there was the people that cleaned up, you know, it's a very big operation, these slaughterhouses. So his name was Domingo. And Domingo was a guard at the front gate, and he worked there for many years. And one night, Izzy, the, the boss, was leaving the plant, and he says, good night, Domingo, you can just lock up and, and go home now. So Domingo says, no. He says, I can't lock up just yet. He says, why not? He says, well, one of the shayftim, Rabbi Berkowitz, he, didn't, he hasn't left yet the, uh, the plant. I can't, I'm not going to leave until he's out. He says, no, he probably went home with the other shayftim. They have a carpool. He says, uh, well, you know every single person. There's 200 people that are coming in that you remember. You have, you have uh, such a Gemara cup that you remember every single person that, that comes in and goes out every day. How's the shayf? So Domingo says, no, I don't remember every single person. He says, but this Rabbi Berkowitz, he is such a nice person, and every single morning, he gives me a, a nice good morning. How are you, Domingo? How, how was your night? Everything okay? You feeling good? He says, and when I leave, at the end, when he leaves at the end of the day also, gives me the nicest smile have a good night, I can't wait to see you tomorrow, how are your kids doing? Every single morning and every single night, Rabbi Berkowitz gives me such a nice, he says, everyone else walks right by me, maybe they give me a wave and they don't even pay attention to me, I'm just like, I don't exist. This Rabbi Berkowitz is such a fine person that he always gives me the time of day, he always schmoozes with me, always asks me how my family is, he says, and honestly, 
I wait for him every morning, and I wait for him every night because he like gives me that dose of, as, as Rabbi Wolby would say, you know, that sunshine. I'm waiting, and you know, it's like a dark, dreary day, and Rabbi Berkowitz is my sunlight. He's the one that gives me the radiance that makes me feel good about myself. He says, I don't know if everyone is in the building out left, but I know that he didn't leave yet. So Izzy, you know, was fascinated by this. He didn't necessarily think that Rabbi Berkowitz was still in the building, but just said, okay, let's go look. So they first went to building A, wasn't there, building B wasn't there, building C wasn't there. The last place to look, they went into the refrigerator, a whole room with a refrigerator with a very heavy door, and they saw Rabbi Berkowitz on the floor and he was like rolling around on the floor to try to keep warm because he was this close to dying. Somehow he got trapped in the refrigerator, it was freezing. You know, obviously you have to keep it very cold in there when you're hanging all those expensive meats. And he got stuck, they, they got locked inside of this refrigerator. And you know, they quickly like pulled him out of there and they, they wrapped him in blankets and they, you know, they warmed him up until he finally came to. And so that's the incredible story. If not for being metabolism and saving upon him, Yafei, Berkowitz would have died. Would have died. But that's not the incredible part of the story. The incredible part of the story is that this Domingo knew when he was there, when he went through the gate, and when he did not go through the gate, because he was waiting for that. He needed it. Imagine if you were starving. You know, and somebody's bringing you a shawarma. You know, you're, you're waiting for the guy to come. You're like, where is he already? For many people, a smile is a shawarma. You don't realize it because maybe Baruch Hashem, you have a lot of other people smiling at you. You don't need everybody. But there are people in the world, they never get a smile. They will never get a smile because, you know, they're, they're just people to avoid. There are people that are persona non grata. They're not people that you know, people necessarily want to hang out with. And it's so vitally important to make sure that everybody feels good about them. It's, it's free. I was going to say it's cheap. It's not cheap. It's free. It doesn't cost anything to give a smile, but it literally changes another person's day and another person's year and another person's life. From the time that the, that the person is a little child when you smile at a kid in shul, when you smile at a, a baby, when you smile at, at the, you know, at grandchildren, whoever it is that you're smiling at, that gives them such chiyos that it will last with them till the end of their life. They'll remember. And it will change them. And that's true for everybody. You find a guy in yeshiva who is a little bit of a loner, maybe, a person that doesn't get a lot of a lot of friends, a lot of attention, and you give them a smile, and you say, how are you doing? How's the finals going? You don't know what that does. Because you're maybe used to it. Everybody's doing that with you, but with him, it's such a rarity. And, and, and when you're able to give that to that person, you're mechayim, you're mechayim mason. Mechayim mason mamarav. With your maimer, with your good morning, you're literally able to mechayim mason. You, 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 you bring the person to life, you revive the person from the depression, the gloom that he's in, you're the sunshine that comes through the clouds and makes that person feel, okay, Baruch Hashem, I'm okay because somebody cares about me.
I have one chiddush to add to this whole thing. This is nothing was my chiddush. This is all melukah from from the sources that I that I brought. But I want to just be mice of one nekuda. You know, the lashon of Shammai was having the kabbalas kala adam to save upon him yafes. This kala adam, those two words are very important. We find another Chazala in Avis that says also these two words, Habidan es kolha odom l'kavzchos. He's supposed to be done, everybody, l'kavzchos. So Reb Nachami Breslov said, you know what it means, Habidan es kolha odom l'kavzchos? Kolha odom is marv el even yourself. You have to be done yourself l'kavzchos. A lot of times we're very hard on ourselves. You know, we messed up on something. Um, you know, we, we missed davening. Uh, we were, uh, you know, we spoke Lashon Hara. We, we looked at something we weren't supposed to. We went somewhere. We didn't do this. We did that. And we're very hard on ourselves. We might be down yet in the Pepsos. I mean, if we saw somebody else walking into a, you know, a movie theater, let's say, we would figure out a way. He's probably using the bathroom. He probably wanted, you know, to buy some licorice or something. We'll, 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 we'll figure out a way to be down with Havskos if we're really good. But if we ourselves, let's say, go into a movie, then we'll be very tough on ourselves. We're not going to figure out a way to be down ourselves with Havskos. Rav Nachman Ibrasso says, You have to even judge yourself favorably. Yeah, you had a bad experience. You didn't do what was expected of you. But... It's okay. Be done yourself with Hasbos. Live with yourself. Find it in your heart to judge yourself favorably. Don't be overly harsh on yourself. We spoke about this last week, about how you can't be too critical of yourself either. You have to forget about things. You have to, you know, you didn't have very you should have move on. Stop always being on top of yourself in such a harsh way. Live with yourself. Understand yourself. Don't be matzik everything that you do every Avera. That's not what I'm saying. But if you didn't Avera, move on. Say, okay, I, I, I was in a crazy mood. It wasn't me. It was an out-of-body experience. It's not going to happen again. But leave yourself go. Stop it. And with that drasha that Rav Nachman Breslov said on the other Kala Adam, I think that it, it applies to ourselves as well in this Mishnah. Having the Kabbalists call all of them to say they're putting yafes. Smile at yourself. Sometimes we're in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm like in a bad mood. I'm like, you know, upset about something or I'm, uh, you know, whatever it is, disappointed about, whatever it is. We're, we all get in those funky moods. And what I, what I try to do when I want to get out of a bad mood is I smile. Not to anybody in particular. You know, you go into a private room and you just smile. As soon as you smile, what happens? You feel good about yourself. A lot of times, just like other people, when they smile at us, stimulates our response. It makes us happier. We feel like, okay, they, that person just soothed me. The person just, you know, allowed me to feel a little less tense. We can do that to ourselves as well. Have Makabalas Kalha Adam. Be Makabal yourself to save upon him yafas. If you're in a bad mood and you're you're frowning and you're walking around with gloom and doom, smile. 
even if no one is smiling at you, or maybe you're in a midbar and there's no one there that could give you that smile, smile at yourself. Look in a mirror and smile. Or just some smile, walk around, start whistling, smiling, and I promise you it'll help. I'm not saying all your sorrow will go away, but suddenly you'll feel like a huge weight has been lifted from your soul. Because you have the ability, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in his great Rachmanis, has built into ourselves a system that we can even improve our own feelings about ourselves. Independent of other people making us feel good, we don't even have to be that dependent on others. Even if nobody is giving us the smile that we need, if we smile ourselves to ourselves and say, good morning, Rabbi Bamberger, when I, say, when I speak to myself, that's how I speak, or a third person. Um, you know, when, when you speak to yourself and you say, good morning, you're good, have a great day, you know, it's a beautiful day out, you can speak to yourself. Don't do it when other people are around because they're going to think you're absolutely crazy. Like, you, know, you see people on the street today, like, talking on the phone, and you don't see that they're, you know, that there's one of those, uh, you know, wireless uh, things. Mamash looks like Meshuggayim. People walking on the street are talking randomly. But, you know, so maybe you can get away with it today. But if you talk to yourself and you smile at yourself and you say positive things and stop speaking negatively, stop thinking negatively, get out of that zone of, of, of doom and gloom and start saying, Let, let's go out, let's take a walk. Look in a mirror, go into the bathroom, look in the mirror and smile at yourself. Hey, hey you look pretty good today. Nice haircut, good tie, you know, nice new shirt. You look good. If you say that to yourself, the Rabbi gave us within ourselves the mechanism to feel good about ourselves. It's amazing. It's true. That's the way it works. Try it next time. You'll see. You can get yourself out of a bad mood. But you have to. When Rishal Santi was telling people, put a smile on because it's just a rab in your face, it wasn't just Papa other people. He was telling that person, if you smile, you'll feel good. Yes, you have an obligation to other people, like Sainu Rishasatu. You shouldn't cause other people harm. But you shouldn't cause yourself harm either. You don't have an excuse for yourself to mistreat yourself. Just like I can't mistreat you. I can't say something bad to you about you. I can't say something bad to me about me. I have to treat myself nicely as well. I have to be done myself, look how close, and I have to be macabre myself to save a fun of We're so busy working on our Aveda. And that's vitally important, but so often we forget about the personal the duties of the heart within ourselves. All the things that we learn, don't be angry with people, don't be balgaiva uh, with people, don't be uh, judgmental with people, don't be angry at people, don't be... Um, don't be mean to people, it all applies to ourselves as well. Don't be angry with yourself. Don't be arrogant within yourself. Don't be mean to yourself. Smile at yourself. There's an there's a universe that we're in all by ourselves. And we have the ability, we have the obligation to start with ourselves and make ourselves happy. 
And once we're happy ourselves, now we could be that sunshine that radiates joy and happiness to other people. But it's having mitabel es kala adam. The Savior of me up is it starts with ourselves. Kala adam is Barabbas ourselves. And if we treat ourselves nicely, now we're going to treat other people nicely. If we ourselves are not in a good mood, it's fake if we go home and like, hi, honey, how are you? You know, that's not, no one's buying it. So before you go into your house, if you're married, or if you, before you go into your dorm room, or before you come in the morning to the base medrash, make sure that you yourself are, are really happy. You're in a good place. You're in a good mood. You feel good about yourself because you told yourself nice things. Once you feel good, now you can draw, go and spread the love and spread the joy, spread the happiness to other people. But it really, the Abayda starts first within us. And once we change our face and our feelings and our mood, now we can go and radiate to other people. These are the, these are the obligations that HaKadosh Baruch expects of us. It's, it's really about being a human being. It's not really about being a, a, a bentaira. About being a good human being, but these are the way that the Torah really was way before the Torah preceded all of the modern psychology books. All that whatever what I said could really be, you know, spoken about. I guess on any in any how-to book, any talk show, you know, this is very current. But the Torah spoke about this thousands of years ago. This is all old Torah about how a person should deal with others. How a person has to radiate positivity to others, how a person has to radiate positivity internally. This is the Torah Kedeshah, which really was the guiding light of the entire universe, showing us not just how to be from, but how to be a human being, how to be the right person, the right type of being that can make the world function. It's Hashem, we should be zeichet to really take in, hopefully it won't take us two years to get this Torah up is right, but Maybe it'll take us our whole life. We're not greater than a Ravram Gazemsky. If it took him two years, it probably should take us a lot longer, but at least we have to start. We have to practice ourselves, myself, you. Just practice every day, like talking nicely to yourself, smiling at yourself, and then taking that smile that you gave yourself and then giving it to others, and watch what happens. Watch the ripple effects in your room and in, in yeshiva and in the world, in your family, how everything changes. But it starts with a smile. Have a good chance.